Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Things that I talk about are for everyone. It's not just for non-binary people. It can really help um, anyone of any gender realize, free yourselves from those norms of gender. Cis women have fought that for, for a very long time, but there is a way to, to be a woman. You have to have a child, that you have to be hairless, you have to be um, all these kinds of things. And kind of like within my advocacy of being non-binary, I want to, to show people that if they uh, don't think of gender in such a binary way generally um, that they can free themselves from that as well. Welcome to Honesty Box, where we find the answers to the questions you thought were off limits. Hello, I'm Alex Beard and welcome back to Honesty Box at the Balance Club, where we ask the questions that you want the answers to, no judgment and no topic is off limits. As always, if you'd like to submit your own question for this series, you can do so anonymously and super easily at www.thebalance.club. Just click on the podcast option and a question box will pop up for you. The question that's been submitted this week is, as more people are identifying as non-binary and transgender, do you think gender should still be listed on identification? This question really got me thinking. How often are we asked our gender when filling out paperwork? Only last week I was asked on a form for a store loyalty card. But why do they need to know? For so many of us, myself included, we wouldn't think twice about answering that. But for those people who don't identify as just male or female, these questions can be hugely problematic. To discuss this whole topic further, I'm thrilled to say I'm joined by Rudam Ridwan. Rudam is a queer, non-binary, multidisciplinary artist from Indonesian origins. Rudam's work centres on the empowerment of queer, trans-intersex people of colour and has been published internationally with features in Vice, Galden, Gay Times and King Kong magazine. They are a self-described work in progress that will never quite be finished, and that's OK. You can read their stories at Rudam Ridwan on social media. So the question we're pulling out today is, as more people are identifying as non-binary, transgender, etc., do you think gender should still be listed on identification? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really great question and kind of a, a hot topic at the moment. Um, it's a very, a very complicated issue that um, unfortunately doesn't have a, a clear-cut answer. Um, there are many kind of perspectives on the issues because of the different priorities of, of members across the trans and non-binary communities, depending on a number of intersecting factors. It's not just, you can't just have one voice for in like a lot, a lot of different people with intersecting intersectionalities. So um, I can only speak as to what I view as the priorities as a trans and non-binary person of colour in the UK. So just prefacing that with, with kind of my perspective here. Um, I think it's kind of like 
the discussion here for non-binary people is really whether we wish to have institutionalized recognition and identification of non-binary as a category, or whether we want to reform how gender is recognized by the state itself, um, to which there are arguments uh, for both sides. Um, I guess like one of the asks from trans groups around the Gender Recognition Act reform, I'm not sure if you know um, what the Gender Recognition Act is, um, but for anyone kind of listening, it, it, it's an act which enables trans people to have their gender recognised in law and reflected on their birth certificate. Um, so one of the issues that uh, what the ask from trans groups is to for the legal recognition of non-binary people within this act. Um, at the moment, non-binary as a gender isn't legally recognised and not an option in most public records, including identification such as on passports. Um, so this obviously negatively impacts a lot of non-binary people as they find it difficult to access services, including life-saving transition-related healthcare because of the kind of stuffy bureaucracy of gender itself in these institutions. Um, so I guess the potential positive side of this legal recognition, as well as the kind of um, gender on IDs, is that theoretically we will be able to gain access to these services more easily and being non-binary be, non would become a more kind of recognised identity, which would theoretically, I'm doing air quotes here, um, lead to better systemic treatment of us. It's interesting, isn't it? because it, like you say, it's sort of either we do away with this whole kind of fascination and fixation on gender or we recognize the amazing spectrum of gender that there is and is it simply a case of having all genders represented in a tick box because like you say at the moment it's 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 still very binary so whilst there is movement in allowing people to recognize their gender if it wasn't the one that they were assigned at birth it's still either male or female Exactly. So um, we, uh, the, I guess also the the other side of the argument is kind of that, um, is this another case of visibility without protection? We can't, we can't say that we live in a world which is, which is uh, not transphobic. We live in a, in a, in a society structure around racism and transphobia. And um, if like non-binary or X, was added to, onto IDs or indeed like not that anyone's asking for this but if there was something that said trans man or trans woman it would potentially create safety issues at many of the places where that ID is required. Um, we kind of can't do a universal idea of of, of this because different, different uh, uh, institutions in different countries uh, might uh, might create issues for this kind of things. Additionally kind of having a list of of all non-binary people could potentially be used to attack us in in the case of a kind of fascist government um, in the future. We, it kind of feels strange to to be on a list um, somewhere that can be accessible with all of our kind of data in, in this way and um, it, it, it still is a bit unsafe for us. In, in the ideal world um, there'd be no transphobia and, and it wouldn't be such a, a heightened issue but in, in this case it um, there are, are negatives to being legally recognised in institutions in this way as well. So um, it becomes a bit complicated. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, I had a quick um, research into how other countries are sort of dealing with this. And, and I'm not saying this is an exhaustive list, but certainly all I could find at the moment was the Dutch government is phasing out gender markers on national identification documents. And France no longer have it on their driving licences. So it's interesting, there is there is some movement towards... I mean, only, only small, agreed, only two countries. But there is some movement towards having that box removed entirely from identification for some documentation. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good step. Um, I think this would be my personal opinion, but I think that um, the biggest question here is why should gender take such precedence in our relationships with these authorities? Um, so just thinking about scenarios that you mentioned there um, where instant identification is crucial, such as telling someone's age or the difference between two people named John Smith. Um, does does the M, F or, or an X, if they add that, really make um, differentiate between people for authorities? I would, I would argue that that's no. Um, and then we should be kind of, um, before we institutionalize um, uh, non-binary as a gender or um, this extra gendered categories, we should kind of question the bureaucratic institutions such as HMRC and, and the transport police and, um, and kind of work to remove gender as a listed measure of identity in the places where it is a meaningless categorization. Um, I don't believe that it should be um, that uh, non-binary is a third gender. Um, and for me, being non-binary is as much about um, a recognition that the gender binary itself is an inadequate and kind of oppressive structure that is a mistake to further entrench into our public life in this way. Um, so I do think that that removing gender from any identification where it's what would be the point of it there? <laughs> Why does it need to be there? We should be removing it. I mean, in the past, we've removed race, we've removed religion, we've removed marital status. Um, and like you say, the point of documentation is to prove who people say they are. And, you know, how do any of those things, gender included, help to clarify that? Exactly. And I think that, yeah, the more, the more, I think the question was phrased, the, the more trans and non-binary people that are um, uh, identifying it as such that come out, um, it kind of just puts that question to to these people of like why why does it need to be there and and um especially i there's a new kind of movement within these spaces that is like there's no way to look um any gender so that's kind of one of the main messages that i try and push in my kind of um discussions is is that um there's no way to look uh, male, female, non-binary, anything. So how can we use gender as an, an identification tool? Because there's no way to look at any of those things. I was I was thinking about that and I was thinking about the roles, you know, the importance in which categorising a gender, where, where is that important? And, and the only scenario, and I know this is a strange scenario, but it's the one that I keep rounding back to, is when police are searching for somebody for you know i don't know let, let's in this example say you know a, a person a wanted person and they don't know their name they don't know much about them they just know a description and it's always you know a male or a female or you know six foot male and i i always think how in that circumstance i can't get my head around how that that that's always going to be important that's always going to be an identifier but it's also not who they are 
And I guess it's that distinction, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that this kind of also tends to, uh, if you think about it, how is that really narrowing it down <laughs> to who the person is specifically? Um, that's why they have the kind of um, specific characteristics of what they look like from from the from the victim or someone who the uh, the witness um, that gets a kind of look as to what height they are, what they're wearing, all those characteristics that aren't um, specific to gender. Um, and I find that like, if we, uh, for example, when we talk about the ethnicity um, in those kind of uh, descriptions, it can lead to a lot of like uh, racism uh, within uh, these industries. And that's why we're kind of moving away from that and providing more kind of specific descriptions as opposed to generalizations of, of those categories. And I think that's that's what we should do with gender as well. Um, uh, I don't think yet yeah, having that really narrows it down enough to, to warrant, warrant that use. And just going back a little bit, and and I know you were talking about about the the act, and obviously this month the UK government dropped the price of legally changing your registered gender from one hundred and forty pounds to five pounds. Obviously, there's still obstacles in the way there. That is just a headline, but it seems these steps, albeit small and you know slow steps for trans people to identify themselves correctly, are are being made. But these same steps really aren't happening for non-binary folk. It seems the steps forward are the non-binary community are, ju are just behind the trans community in terms of that kind of legal representation and acknowledgement. Is that fair? Um, yeah, I think that, I think generally, um, uh, I don't think we're moving fast enough for, for trans people generally, um, just to, just to preface that. And I think that them uh, uh, reducing the price is kind of just a, a way to kind of push us back a little bit instead of creating actual real meaningful change um, because it's still so much bureaucracy to actually change agenda. Um, but definitely there's different obstacles and, and uh, for, for non-binary people, I think that um, ultimately I want to uh, expose the ridiculousness of, of, of gender, um, but people aren't, the institutions kind of need those categories to kind of um, to move forward in, in kind of data research and all that kind of stuff that they that they want to do. Um, and like, so it is, it does kind of stop uh, uh, access to a lot of these services for non-binary people if they want to uh, be non-binary and, and be recognised, they, uh, uh, there's a lot more that stop points where people will be like no you can't you can't do you can't uh be that way and so like personally I've I don't admit that I am non-binary to the, any of these institutions because um it will just mean that they will push me back um uh and uh, the kind of medical understanding of 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 being trans and accessing this um healthcare you have to kind of uh, live as the opposite gender um, than you were assigned for a certain amount of time to do it and there's no space for being non-binary within that so um, you can't actually access this this uh, care life-saving medical care unless you kind of lie your way through it. Uh, strangely that was going to be my next question which is for yourself and if I hope you don't mind me asking this what's the impact on you on having to fill out official documentation where the only options for you to tick are male or female? Yeah, it just kind of um, 
repeat that um, people like me um, are not accepted um, within within um, the the current system. Um, we we aren't um, kind of safe within these spaces because we're not recognised as as a legitimate um, people within here. Um, so it does have a kind of personal um, impact in terms of um, how I feel when this happens. Um, uh, it is very tiresome to to kind of have to go into the world every day and kind of um, uh, kind of be on the defensive and always have to reassure people of, of pronouns and explain what non-binary is all the time and, and do this constant work. And then it's also um, within these within these institutions, um, you either have to lie, which um, creates a big personal toll on on me because you realize that it's that you aren't accepted or you um, won't uh, be able to access this this care. And so I made that decision to to lie on um, on these documents um, uh, when I've had to deal with them, um, which I thought was the the better option, but it also um, does does kind of take a lot of the the happiness out of these these things as well yeah of course and going back to you saying you know every day going out into the world and having to defend who you are and and that the toll that must take are you finding that I mean maybe I'm being naive I mean I'm sure I am are you finding that that is happening less and less that you're having to defend yourself or more and more um, I think we're in a, particularly in the UK, there is a very heightened awareness of, of trans and non-binary people at the moment, which is um, is a good thing in certain aspects um, that we are having these conversations. Um, we weren't having these conversations um, widely in the public uh, five to 10 years ago. Um, and But the conversation is being led by um, cis people. Um, so um, all of the media, um, that comes out around trans people or trans issues, again, air quotes here, um, is where they're framing um, trans people as as an issue to kind of be like, well, why are they complaining and what are they doing as opposed to as opposed to um, issues that are facing us, um, violence, inability to access uh, healthcare, um, inability to kind of go into bathrooms and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it's the the framework of it is unhelpful, and therefore I think it has because it's come into the public in such a way it has actually potentially set us back um, quite a bit because the the we are getting that visibility without the protection of it. So um, we are having to go into that world and put all that effort into it um, ourselves without getting any of the payoff at this time. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I can see that. And and I mean, I, I am highly aware that here I am as a cis woman speaking to you <laughs> about this. And, and I guess my question is f- for the people who are listening to this, and some people might not have entered into that space or really started their learning about these communities. What would you say to them who, you know, how to help be part of the solution and not part of that problem? Yeah, I think like... Uh hopefully a lot of people are and they are usually very limited but there is a lot of talk about allyship and how you can do that um appropriately at the moment which i think is obviously a really great conversation um and i think that the top of those lists is like do do the groundwork yourself um don't don't obviously you came into this conversation and you probably did some research and have been looking up um what's happening in the world around this um if you don't have that kind of background knowledge and you and you go into these conversations and you're just going to kind of ask to put the effort on that person who is obviously having to do this every day anyway so doing that research and and kind of figuring out what you're in 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 it for like um a lot of allies kind of come in and and they they're in it for personal gain in some way or there's a lot of brands that um uh, that will want to work with me and and they're doing it in a kind of marketing way because they see it as a big um a big topic at the moment where they can get views and clicks um and if you're doing it for that reason i don't think it's very helpful to ask a demand of the information from from these uh people who are struggling um and then just listening just doing a lot of listening and 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 talking talking about these issues with with your family and continuing to be active like um there's social media is quite is is a minefield sometimes but um i've i found it really helpful to follow really um different um people and different perspectives on on instagram and twitter and even if i'm not weighing into those conversations i'm just kind of observing and finding out what what really is affecting um those people who are most marginalized and and working on talking to to relatives about that, talking to my workplace, talking talking to my government officials, um, and just really being active there. And and it can't be underestimated. The like people say, oh, I don't have a large following on anything. Um, what can I really be doing? And and I think it's those those kind of um, middle people who who don't necessarily um, have a really big opinion either way, but just kind of like bring in that in that awareness and that knowledge to to lots of people um are, are really helpful um because i mean i can only influence probably people who are willing to to listen to me which is um which is becoming less and less i guess as i become more outspoken on certain issues so um those people that that think they can't make a difference um really are the ones that can can be putting um uplifting and boosting those voices of people that aren't heard in those spaces an example of um, I was in a workplace and um, they kind of had their 
allyship kind of training but um in the examples they kind of use they they use like unnecessarily like gendered language um and i just send an email to them saying oh um have you thought about maybe we're just using like they or gender neutral pronouns or um because we don't necessarily need to know the gender of that person in, in that um, scenario and they're like oh that's a great idea and like no one in the 10 years of us doing it has ever brought that up and I just find it very hard to believe that no one noticed it um uh so you just kind of I, there, there must be a bit of bystander effect I guess that people like um kind of uh know it but to feel like someone else is going to do it or that um or that they uh, are needed in that equation, and 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 I think there's it's just very important to to say something, um, and then and and see where it goes. It's quite interesting that I, whenever I have spoken about trans rights or you know the community in as a large on my platform, I have never received the kickback as much as I do when I speak about those issues. And obviously I'm massively privileged and as much as I can step away, it's not my lived experience day in, day out. Um, And I naively was utterly horrified by that. And I know that that is lived experience for so many people. But what do you do when people say, you know, the inevitable cries of it's political correctness gone mad? So it's not it's not directly hateful. It just uses that very cloaked phrase of its political correctness gone mad to dismiss yeah definitely and and i think there are there are people who are feeling threatened by their threat and that their way of life is going to change and and um i used to kind of coddle them and be like well like no it's not you changing it's just um it's just kind of us getting boosted but unfortunately it does mean that their worldview has to change if you believe that the lives of trans people is just political correctness then something has to change there because you're just viewing you're like well I can make jokes about this because it doesn't have a real impact on on anyone and then when you're told that actually that does have a real impact because um, trans people are not able to access um, medical care, which is life-saving. That is when you know that it actually becomes violent. If they know that those words that they're using are leading to these situations and then they choose to do nothing, that becomes violent and I am no longer interested in talking to them in a conversation because I have a life to lead. So um, I, I think that I try and get to the crux of of what they believe and often it just comes from ignorance i before i knew about non-binariness or transness i was ignorant as well and i probably said some awful things growing up and and a lot of us do and and um i think a lot of people are worried that that is going to come to life and they're going to be cancelled or removed from removed from their jobs and all that kind of stuff and that is just such a, a such a rare situation and and now is the time to reflect on that and 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 think about things you've said in the past and, and try and come to a more knowledgeable perspective on on those issues because then it doesn't become an issue mm. I think that like so many things so many conversations happening at the moment which I think and hope are positive is that it's the fear of cancel isn't it it's that in no other realm 
of people's lives if you were learning something let's take a new language if you're learning french you're learning french and you and you pronounce something wrong or you say something wrong would you be cancelled for it you know you you get given the correction you go okay yep that's how i'll say it from now on and i think people have got to become comfortable with getting things wrong because if you're learning something and you're you're going about your life trying to better your understanding of something you're going to make mistakes I've made mistakes and I think you have to be able to go shit yeah I made I made a mistake there what's the correct thing to do okay move on but there is this kind of frenzied feeling especially on social media that if you get something wrong everyone's going to round on you and you're done yeah definitely and and um I think that it's kind of two thoughts here I think that um there should be um, space to make mistakes. Um, it obviously depends on on what the mistake is and the severity of the mistakes. There should be, I would like to live in a world where you can make mistakes um, because otherwise people just kind of retaliate um, uh, because of this kind of frenzy that happens. Um, but also um, kind of getting uh, these people to realise that um, that marginalized people, um, uh, trans people, black people, um, they haven't had that space to make mistakes throughout their lives and intergenerationally for hundreds of years. They have been in a position where um, they've had to prevent uh, to not be themselves or to, um, yeah, to kind of change themselves to be a different person because if they make a mistake, that's their, that's their death. Um, and and just uh, going to the issues of, of Black Lives Matter, that's really made really obvious there um, at the moment in those discussions. Um, they can't make those mistakes, whereas um, uh, cis white people um, can more uh, have been able to make those mistakes throughout history, and now they're just being held accountable for the things that they're saying that they have said that may have um, enabled those other things to happen. So I would I would kind of ask them to to think about um, how how there's a difference in who who can make a mistake historically. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. I just wonder if we should take this opportunity to, if you want to, what is the biggest misconception that you come up against of non-binary people? Oh, lots of <laughs> lots of. Um, I guess the one that I like to talk about is is that um, uh, is that there is any kind of way to look non-binary. Um, I guess this has a, a impact in, in a lot of the spaces I I, I operate in. Um, I think that um, that is that the message that I kind of want to to help everyone else with as well I think like I think I mentioned before like being non-binary to me is is kind of uh exposing the ridiculousness of the way that we think about gender itself um and and that misconception that there is a uh, non-binary is kind of just like between male or female or that it's um that it's trying to become like a third gender um um is really is really misrepresenting what I mean. I personally, I can't speak for all non-binary people, obviously, but that's my kind of uh, perception of of what it is. Kind of saying, well, um, like uh, the things that I talk about are for everyone. It's not just 
for non-binary people. It can really help um, anyone of any gender realize that there is um, to free yourselves from those norms of gender. Um, I know like like cis women have fought that for, for a very long time of, of that there is a way to to be a woman that you have to uh, uh, have a child that you have to be hairless you have to be um, all these kinds of things um, and kind of like within my advocacy of being non-binary I want to, to show people that um, if they if they uh, don't think of gender in such a binary way generally um, that they can free themselves from that as well. And last question, what would you like the future of gender identity to be? Or what do you think the future of gender identity is going to be? That's a big question. I, I think <laughs> I think it's very I think it's very hard and and I I think my understanding of it develops every day as I as I learn what is most crucial um for um for the world and for people and um but I I see it as as a, I see gender as becoming less and less important um, as we kind of um, recognize um, how meaningless it it um, it is. Um, so I think first comes this kind of um, recognition of marginalized identities. We kind of recognize that um, trans people are valid and they exist. Um, we we. Uh, recognize that all gender identities and expressions are valid um, and should receive human rights. And then we work to develop a better understanding of genders outside of male and female um, because they have historically exist and they exist um, now, um, while simultaneously recognizing that giving gender such prominence only serves to reproduce the harmful binaries themselves. So we said, like, it's great that we're talking about pronouns. It's great that we're talking about these things, but also, um, eventually, when you recognise that um, that doesn't actually uh, gender norms don't really mean anything, then I think we then go back <laughs> a step and realise that the gender is less important than than we give it power over us. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rudam. That was really informative and very eye-opening. Thank you for being so honest and open. As always, thank you for listening and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you.